welcome to the Sally in the Zen podcast. I'm Sally. I'm a Zen Buddhist caregiver, and I thank you very much for joining me in my pursuits to find Zen moments in everyday living. If you're new to the podcast, welcome and thank you for joining me. If you're not new and you're returning, thank you for coming back. Really glad to have you again. Now, in today's episode, I wanted to talk about something that recently happened to us, and it's about elderly fraud. First, I'm going to talk about the research that I found before I go into our personal encounter. Now, this is something that gets me angry, and I normally am a, a patient person. I have a high threshold for bullshit, but. As a caregiver, and not even just a caregiver, as a daughter taking care of elderly folks, you see this every day. You hear this every day on the news, on the radio, on other podcasts. That these things are going on every single day to millions and millions of people. The sad thing is, we've become used to it. And I'm speaking personally, my myself, my father, and I, and mom and I. Are used to getting those spam texts, the spam calls to the house, to the cell phones, the spam emails, and you just delete them and move on. Or if it's from a phone, from the phone, you don't answer. You just move on. What's funny about what's kind of irritating actually is whenever Pop gets a phone call from someone that he doesn't recognize, you can not answer. But his thing is, he just has a quirk. Whenever his phone rings, whenever a phone rings, whether it's the landline or the cell phone, he's compelled to answer the phone, even though he knows he shouldn't be answering it. He's just—it's kind of like an itch got a scratch. He, whenever he hears the phone, he needs to answer it. But it's gotten up to the point where I rigged it so that the system just goes straight into voicemail, and you can track that on your phone. Who called the landline on your house? And he would come running over to me when I'm home and ask me, "Who is that?" Even though he would know it's a scammer, but he still wants to know who exactly is it that called because he always wants to know. Folks, I'm encouraging you to just learn the art of patience because when you, if you start taking care of your older parents, you're gonna need it. Anyways, let me read an a portion of an article that I found online after I googled elder abuse. And I came across an article from Nolo, and the FBI, and AARP, and there's another one. But all of these links I'll attach to the show notes. But let me read the first one here to kick us off. So the article name is "Elder Abuse: Financial Scams Against Seniors" from Nolo. N O L O. Here are the profiles of elder abuse victims and scammers. A recent study by the American Association of Retired Persons (AARP) highlighted characteristics of people older than 50 that make them easy targets for financial abuse. In general, they expect honesty in the Marketplace are less likely to take action when defrauded, and are less knowledgeable about their rights in an increasingly complex marketplace. And as people over fifty are more likely to be home 
than their younger neighbors. They are often within easy reach of devious telemarketers and home solicitors. Now, second paragraph. Scammers target elderly that they perceive to be vulnerable, those that are isolated, lonely, physically or mentally disabled, unfamiliar with handling their own finances, or have recently lost a spouse. Some of the common financial scams listed in this article range from telemarketing or mail fraud, getting unauthorized access to funds, uh, making pigeon drops. That was a new one to me. I don't know what pigeon drops are, but in case you're wondering, let me read what it says. In a typical pigeon drop, two suspects approach an older person, often in a retail shopping area or near an ATM machine, and claim they have just found a, a package of or wallets containing a large amount of money. One of the suspects volunteered to check with a boss off-site to get advice on what to do with the found money. There reports that it came from an illegal source such as gambling or narcotics. The scammers offer to split the money, but only after the older person shows good faith by producing money of his or her own. When the scammers send the senior to the quote-unquote boss to get the promised share of the money, the senior discovers there is no boss and the suspects have disappeared. Now I'm moving on to uh, another article I found under the FBI titled Fraud Against Seniors and why seniors are a specially targeted population is for the fact that according to the FBI, people who grew up in the 30s, 40s and 50s are generally generally raised to be polite and trusting. Con artists exploit these traits knowing that it is difficult or impossible for these individuals to say no or just hang up the phone. Now, I can vouch for that because when my father hears a phone go off, whether it's the home line or our cell phone, he just needs to answer the phone. Thank goodness I jerry-rigged it so that all those crap calls just go into voicemail. Anywho, so going back to the FBI report, it says for a section here, telemarketing fraud for seniors, if you are age 60 or older, or, and especially if you are an older woman living alone, you may be a special target of people who sell bogus products and services by telephone. Telemarketing scams often involve offers of free prizes, low-cost vitamins and healthcare products, and inexpensive vacations. And that's the catch. So, and that's another common fraud against seniors. I tell you, the more you read about this and educate yourself about this, the more scarier the world actually is. Oh my goodness. Anyway, now on the Department of Justice website, they have common scams that everybody should be aware of, the IRS and tax scams, the FTC scam alert, the sweepstakes and the lottery scams, or the sweetheart online dating scam, or the ever popular tech support scams. Like if Microsoft were to call you and say, hey, we discover a bug on your computer, you need to let us into your computer. No, Microsoft doesn't do that. So but surprisingly, the scams work effectively well because people think Microsoft is calling them for their own good. No, they're not. And word of advice, Microsoft doesn't call anybody. 
But I discovered something interesting while I was researching about this, and I came across a podcast sponsored by AARP, and it's called The Perfect Scam, and it's hosted by two people, Will Johnson, he's the host, and his partner, a fraud expert, Frank Abagnale, A-B-A-G-N-A-L-E. He happens to be a fraud expert and happens to be the subject of the movie, Catch Me If You Can, directed by Steven Spielberg. And when you listen to the, the episodes, it's chilling to hear how people are taken advantage of. I'm just passing this on, but I'm not sponsored by them, not by any means, but I just happened to come across them because I was Googling on elder abuse and that's how I came across their podcast and I'm hooked and I'm pushing their podcast out there for you guys to listen to if you're, you are interested in listening, learning about the common frauds out there, how people get swindled. All of the episodes are so interesting. It's actually pretty frightening, but the one that really resonated with me was the episode on August 24th, 2018 with Richard Louis, and he's an MSNBC anchor. And he was talking about how he's a caregiver as well as um, coming across uh, a fraud incident that concerned his elderly father. And I highly encourage all of you to listen to the podcast to Subscribe to The Perfect Scam, sponsored by AARP. The more you know is better. And I know I just sounded like a PSA, but I'm always for learning to protect me and my family better. Now, moving on to our personal story of what recently happened to us, what inspired this podcast today was mail fraud. So, Recently, we got in the mail an actual scam letter. It had Pop's name, our address, and the mail return address was from Ontario, Canada. Was it Ontario? Somewhere in Canada, some garbage. It was from TD Bank. But when you opened the envelope, the letter had the logo for TD Bank, but it didn't have any color. It was just a black and white TD. It didn't say bank. And on top, it had pop's name and the long and short of this one page letter was a, a pure scam and it's not my first time seeing this kind of thing and knowing what to do with it toss them out whenever you come across it don't engage in this kind of garbage because it's all a scam how's this different from um the nigerian uh, prince or princess i have money for you you inherited money and you just pay us money for the taxes and we'll give you the the net proceeds that kind of bullshit but this letter that we got recently basically said the same thing it was an inheritance scam kind of like that it was supposedly from a person who works in td bank oh coincidentally uh, uh, one of our customers his last name matches your name uh, there's $47,500,000 there. If you write back to me or contact me, I can help push that money to you. I can put you as beneficiary. And when you get the money, we'll split it 50-50. Contact me confidentially on this private email. And I'll give you a private phone number to proceed if you want to go ahead and get your money. This kind of garbage. 
I'm just like, okay, we're gonna throw this away. And I'm telling mom and dad about the content of this letter. And I said, it's a scam. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. My dad percolated on it, marinated on it, so much so that he made himself anxious. Now, I think because of his stroke, the way his brain thinks nowadays, he doesn't hear what I say completely, 100%. I'm beginning to see that I need to be more careful with what I speak with him because he doesn't seem to get the meaning of what I say to him sometimes. I'm beginning to see that. But he threw a fit at me. He wanted that letter out. He wanted me to have nothing to do with that letter. And I told him multiple times I was going to actually go to TD Bank and drop this off, report this, because you want this kind of scam to not hurt anyone. And if they knew about the scam, more than likely they did. It's not, you know, this is a mass mailing garbage, whatever it is. And other people would have gotten it too. We're not the only ones. I just wanted to give it off to TD Bank, make them aware that, hey, do you know that scammers are using your logo and try to scam people like my father? It's what you do, you know, a good Samaritan, just pass it on and just move forward from there, you know. But he couldn't understand what I was planning to do. He was fixated on the idea that I was going to reach out to somebody in that letter and no. First off, if you're unaware of scams like these things, you don't contact people with the contact information that they give you. You independently Google it yourself for legitimacy. But I didn't have to Google anything because it was a scam. Just go to the legitimate company and just, you know, turn it over and be done with it. There's nothing to engage. But he thought I was going to call somebody as indicated on that letter. How we ended this was me tearing up the letter in his face and throwing it into the garbage. Only then did he settle down. Senior citizens are one of the target population for these scams. With that, we have to be vigilant with that and what we can do to protect them. That's the story for uh, today's episode. And if you like today's episode, drop me a note, give me a rating, or leave a comment on sallyandazen.com. Thank you so much for joining me on my pursuit to find Zen moments in everyday living. Talk to you again soon.